Welcome to Rolling Misadventures, where a group of podcasters take time away from their respective shows to sit down and play Fiasco. I'm your host, Derek, once again joined by Megan. Hello there. And continuing our weird murder mystery story arc, we are once again joined by Best Day. Hello. And Corbin. Hello, salutations. And Addie. That's me! (laughs) Addie's bringing the energy, and I respect that. I really do. She's our rock. It's true. <laughs> in these these trying, she's our Dwayne the Rock Johnson in these trying times. <laughs> so, in the first act of this story, we discovered a dead body with Rexenold Bongo McMasterson and Elias G. Worthenhammer, and they decided to tie in with the captain of the ship, who ended up being Elias's past rival, I guess, Major Eisenhower Diggle Buckner. As they were checking out the dead body, Josephine Primrose came to find that her murder husband was that body. As Rexenold decided that a proper investigation needing to solve this mystery so he could write a book about it later, he went and grabbed his underling, Poncho Contreras, to do the actual investigation. Poncho and Josephine know each other because there was some kind of weird incident at the clam factory. Uh, They may have fucked i'm unclear on that some weird thing happened the body was almost cremated josephine and uh major eisenhower diggle buckner also kind of know each other possibly potentially diggle's definitely killed a man uh, apparently using something called the claim of death which only appears once every ten thousand years which is how we recognize that marcus marcus primrose clam magnet and dead body husband of josephine was killed with the claim of death but he insists it wasn't him that did it. However, Elias is very suspicious of this, mostly because of uh, mysterious happenings between the two of them on the island of Madagascar. It's still unclear. And uh, while Rexenold and Elias were playing good cop, bad cop, uh, interrogating Diggle, he promised to take them to where he knew the murder weapon was. Uh, While that was going on, Poncho was spending time with Josephine, at which point she revealed that during whatever the fuck happened at the clam factory when Marcus was out of town, uh, he was out of town specifically in Madagascar. What does it all mean? Find out, probably, on this episode of Rolling Misadventures. And as we ended the story, Josephine decided that they were going to put the past at the clam factory with Poncho behind them, and with Poncho leading the way, Josephine pulled out a clamp-shaped clutch that housed a knife. Oh yeah, fuck, I forgot the best part. She was about to fucking knife Poncho with a goddamn dagger. <laughs> and since then, we have rolled our tilt. We have Mayhem, a dangerous animal, perhaps metaphorical, gets loose. Definitely not metaphorical. Is the is the uh, clam clutch an actual clam? <laughs> <laughs> Look! The uh, death clam. Uh, wait, is it, wait, is a clam an animal? <laughs> what do you mean it's the clam an animal? <laughs> well, then a, a real clam is going to show up and do a real murder. Not a clam. <laughs> it's a, it was there the whole time. Damn it. And the other tilt that we rolled was failure. You thought it was taken care of, but it wasn't. That sounds like that was Poncho's fault. That sounds like Poncho admitting to guilt already. <laughs> really sounds like everybody's fault. (laughs) Let it be known, nothing is Bongo's fault. 
Bongo did nothing. Hashtag Bongo did nothing wrong. Bongo did nothing wrong. <laughs> Bongo is misunderstood by society. Hashtag pray for Bongo. Pray for Bongo. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, uh, does anyone have a scene that they would like to start with? Um, I would like to start with the charity the donation of Bongos for Bongo. <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't recall setting up this one. <laughs> did we talk about? <laughs> Um, I guess it it depends. Do we want to start with whatever the heck uh, Josephine is going to do with the knife? Or do we want to draw that out and go to uh, Eisenhower, Diggle, Buckner leading us to the murder weapon? Uh, Yeah, let's go there. Okay. Yeah, keep us in suspense. All right, so then I guess we're we're following you. Uh, Diggle, where are you taking us? Also, let it be known, uh, before this happened, I did give uh, Diggle a Tootsie Pop for doing a good job giving us information. <laughs> That's good. And you I, gave me a good rub down. That happened. I did. I gave you the best rub down you have ever received from ex-military. And I, d- I did step on your foot as we were walking out. Incredible. All right. I feel like I'm there. Good work, Elias. I'm sorry. Good, good work, Elias. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I want you all to follow me deep into the belly of the ship. That's where the clam of death lies. How do you know it's there, old man, if you're not the murderer? Because I I put it there under lock and key. I I thought I, I've been having the nightmares again. I've been losing time. Just like at Madagascar. I swear to God, remember what I said in Act 1? I'm dead serious. I will pull out the gun and do the thing again. Oh, shit. I'm, so, I'm terribly sorry, Rex. All right, it's all right. That's your one. Everybody gets one. That was your one. Now that we're finished, come inside. Right by this seemingly innocent-looking pipe in the engineer's room. I did think it looked very innocent. Yes, I've really never seen a more innocent-looking pipe. Very benign. Yes, doing a a crack-up job of being a pipe. I didn't think it did anything other than pipe. We had it specially made. By who? To do what? Look innocuous. Well, all right, we're, we're, we're down here. Where's where's this clam of death you keep banging on about? It's it's not here. It's it's not in the box. Now, I dare say, old boy, it does appear that you've led us on a little bit of a snipe hunt, and I am due beginning to lose a little bit of my good cop patience. So, I am going to need to see you to produce this death clam very soon, or else we might need to take this conversation a little bit more privately. It's been taken. You, you have to believe me. It's It's been taken. Well, I mean, I mean, let me step in here just to say that would be how the murder would have had to have happened, correct? Which, of course, just sort of leads to the conclusion that, um, you're a bastard and a murderer, and Rexonald, we should probably break his kneecaps. It looks like I did the murder now, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, that's that thing I just said. Very good. Oh, well, I'm glad we're all in agreement. Shall we all pack it up and roll the credits? <laughs> Well, no, first we get to break his kneecaps. Oh, goody. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, no, we cannot do that. Or at least I cannot do that. But I can break his kneecaps. Yes, you could. Uh, but Major Eisenhower, I, I'm afraid that I do have to agree with my bad cop colleague here. You've done nothing but obfuscate and give us red herrings and lead us on, uh, mysterious, you know, roads that end in nothing. And... So, all of your behavior has been very, very, very suspicious up to this point, and I would really appreciate something that would exonerate you, because, honestly, my boy, 
you are kind of suspect number one through ten at this point. As Buckner moves backwards in innocence, he knocks over a small bottle and picks it up to inspect it. <gasps> this is clam-scented perfume. That sounds absolutely vile. Yes, we're also on a boat, as long as we're pointing out the obvious, but excuse me, but I would like to know why you are not the killer. Look at this! The killer! They must have dropped this perfume! Look at it, it's fresh! I can tell! <laughs> it's true! I remember, in Madagascar, he, on, he would often display his knowledge of perfumes! Rexenold Pistol Whips Elias. Oh god damn it, I forgot the thing! One must stay consistent in one's promises. I believe quite, in that as true. well, but Elias isn't wrong, for before I was the Diggle, I was the Sniffer. <laughs> Alright, you're going to need to unpack a lot of what you just said. <laughs> On the other hand, I never want to hear anything concerning that ever again. We don't have time. I feel like I've exonerated myself in your eyes. That is not true. That is categorically <laughs> false. You have said literally nothing. You poured, you held up a bottle of perfume and you said, Oh, look, it's perfume. I'm innocent. Your Chewbacca defense will not hold in this court, my friend. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, you know Let's clap him in irons, take him back up to his room, and then break his kneecaps, and then take him back to shore. That sounds like a smashing idea. Now, where are your irons? In my pocket, where I've had them the whole time. Oh, wonderful. I was just going to suggest that he use his powers of imagination, but that sounds much more legitimate. <laughs> You're arresting the wrong man. I tell you, the clam will strike again. <laughs> oh, do shut up, Diggle, and he puts you in handcuffs and... They start uh, walking you upstairs. Enjoy this walk, because afterwards, I'm just gonna fuck your kneecaps right up. Oh, oh and can I wear a Hannibal Lecter mask? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later, if you're a good boy. That was legitimately the look over there defense. <laughs> you never know, man. <laughs> mm, smoke grenade, bye. All right, so I think we go back to the hallways. Uh, Poncho and Josephine are are walking to go and listen to that Jewel album. Can we once again, just for the sake of uh, new listeners, can we confirm which Jewel album that is? I believe we are listening to Picking Up the Pieces <laughs> as it helped Poncho in his grieving for his cat, Marcus. <laughs> so he figured it would, it would do the same for Josephine grieving her husband, Marcus. So Poncho and Josephine are walking down the hallway, um, still, you know, tension's really high because the past is whatever the hell it is, it's just boiling up and they're walking kind of in silence at this point and Poncho kind of smells a little something coming off of Josephine and asks, Josephine, um, that wouldn't happen to be that, that clam perfume I, I made for you, you know, back at the clam factory, would it? Yes, it, it is. I... I've always loved the smell of clams, and well, my husband could never smell it at, at the clam factory. He was just so desensitized to it, he, he never noticed. Well, I notice. I notice a lot of things, Josephine. Like that knife you've got in your hand! Yes, this knife that you also gave me. I was just remembering our past that we had. <laughs> why, so why do we all do this? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Swerve! Play on me, go! And what did you remember, Josephine? What did you remember? <laughs> did you remember the perfume I gave you and the 
knife that I gave you and the love you didn't give me in return, Josephine. Poncho, I, I never wanted you to take the fall for what went down at that factory, so when I found the knife after the investigation, I, I had to make sure I hid it from Marcus, that he could never know that you had already been there. Thought that we did a good job covering up the claim of death, Josephine, that we released from our voodoo ritual together, but it looks like it looks like we haven't, Josephine, and I'm really stressed out about it. I know that Marcus tried to keep it under lock and key as he had built his empire, his clam empire, on such a dangerous beast that if it got out, he would have been exposed. It would have ruined us. <laughs> and while we should be worried that the killer, the clam of death, is now following and finishing what we started, you know as well as I do that this knife is the only way to protect us. I do know. Oh, poor Marcus the little cat. I never saw the clam of death coming. Yes. But now we know. But now we know, Josephine, how to save everybody else. Yes, the poor, poor Marcus. The, the clam could not differentiate between the two Marcuses. He was an unintended victim. <laughs> I just hope there's no more Marcuses on this ship. <laughs> Look, Pancho, she hands the knife over. I know that if it comes down to it, you will take care of this. You will take care of me, and we may be able to save everyone else. Josephine, I can't even take care of my debt. My crippling student debt. With my husband now out of the way, and me being the heiress of this clam magnet fortune, we could take care of your debt as long as we get out of here. Oh, wow, Josephine, you'd really do that for me? It's only fair. If you save my life, that I repay that debt. I think I think I know how we could possibly put this whole murder onto uh, Rexenold. I think I think I have the resources to pull it off. That was fucking bizarre, but Poncho's not getting murdered, and now they're gonna pin pin the murder on Rexenold, <laughs> and he might even get his student loan debt taken care of. Now hold on, we all could wish for. <laughs> I honestly, I had to swerve it just because I was like, how the fuck do I not murder someone as I'm holding a knife to him for the next hour? No, it was a good swerve. Solid swerve. I was shocked. Uh, so I guess everybody's paths <laughs> would probably cross when we're we're taking uh, Diggle up in, in handcuffs. I don't know how we want to split that up, though. Well, what I, I, a lot of ideas, what, I'm get, what I got, what I got okay. from that last scene is that the Clam of Death has this, like, Terminator-like <laughs> instinct to kill anyone named Marcus. <laughs> Sounds like it. And he was unleashed, and he was unleashed by a voodoo ritual. So it's kind of like, we've kind of got, like, the relic situation kind of going on on the ship. And I thought that the way that... The thing is, I need to have a scene. I need to have a scene with Poncho before I can hatch my ingenious scheme. Well, Poncho's going to try to frame you. So it's okay, because like Poncho sucks, TV. and Poncho isn't getting any more fucking sandwiches. All right, then, yeah, then maybe we all cross each other in irons briefly. Maybe that's the next scene. All right, scene. then, yeah, we might just do a scene with five fucking people before it whittles down to Poncho and Rex and Old. <laughs> yeah, 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 we should do that. Make it short, though, or else it's going to get... Yes. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good, 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 good. <laughs> okay, so we're carry on. Oh, Josephine, cracker timing. It seems all Bongo and I have solved the case, and uh, this uh, this nasty character here had murdered your husband, and was also sporting a perfume of uh, 
most uh, nautical variety. It's very pungent, not particularly pleasant, but we've got him now, and there will be justice for poor Marcus. Isn't that right, Rexinol? Did I get all the... I get all the yes, you got all the pertinent information. Uh, my dear Poncho, I do ask that you accompany us, because it's very important that you witness the criminal pathology at work with our dear dastardly Diggle here. It wasn't me. Shut up, you! Alliteration points, Rexinald. Ah, thank you. Oh, goodness. I've neighed myself into exhaustion. Yes, you, honestly, you really have no one to blame but yourself. Yes, you shouldn't be running around murdering people and, and invoking clam deities and whatnot. And talking all suspiciously and whatnot. Honestly, if you had just not said a single word, we probably wouldn't have you in irons right now. It's true. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm kind of an idiot. And I mostly just don't like you. Now... I think what's important when we've got these meeting of the minds here is that we all share something about this investigation so that we can all compile that information, therefore form a conclusion based on that information. I learned about this in my eighth grade science class. It's called the scientific method. I think it will also bring us closer together as friends. Absolutely, and friendship Science's is the reason why we're all here. So, yeah, uh... Diggle did it. <laughs> I'm going to take him back up to his room and break his kneecaps. Josephine, you're welcome. Um, I'll go, my boy. I, I suppose you want to go write this all down in your book uh, with, with your friend Poncho, unless you would also like to come watch me break Diggle's kneecaps. Well, I suppose I'll leave you to the uh, breaking of the bones to yourself and make that private. But I would ask for some time with the detained after you are done. Uh, so oh, that yes, way yes. I can conduct my investigation. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, once the kneecaps have been thoroughly shattered, he's all yours, old man. <laughs> Come along now, Diggle. There, there. And they, they go off. <laughs> Bongo stands behind Josephine Primrose and takes a big, deep huff right behind her neck. <laughs> Joe Biden style. Full, no, full, full Uncle Joe style. Full Uncle Joe style. With like hands on the shoulders, just like big ol' whiff. Big ol' Al Pacino whiff. And. <laughs> and. I'm sorry, can we get another ooh-ah? <laughs> and Bongo says, My dear Josephine, that's a delightful scent you're wearing. What is it called? Bongo, you're right. That perfume, it's its quite delightful. It's almost, I've smelled it before in a way. Josephine, what is it called? Oh, oh, my perfume. Yes, it is. Yes, the thing we're talking about, the perfume. Yes, it's scent of a gooey duck. Scent of a gooey duck. Is that yeah, French? I, it is French. It, it, is it French-Canadian? You know those You know those protests? Is it Quebecois? It's a, there's a movement in Santa Fe about stopping the violence of the gooey ducks for the perfume. It's really a big problem. Oh, that's very humanitarian of the perfume industry. I had no idea. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, Poncho, I'm going to go try and collect some more sandwiches from the deli table. I would imagine that they've refreshed by now. It's been some time. I would ask that you accompany me, but it appears that you are a little <clears throat> preoccupied with your friend. No, oh, no. I'm can eat a sandwich at any time, any place, anywhere, place in bets. Yeah, that, that means I'm ready to go with oh, you. Poncho, that's the most enthusiastic you've ever been about spending time with me. I'm not at all suspicious. Let's go. 
So Josephine follows up to uh, Diggle's room and knocks at the door. Uh, uh, Josephine, can this wait? I was about to do some real good knee bashing, and I've been looking forward to it all day. This better be important. Elias, Elias, let me in. There's something you need to know. Can you tell it to me through the door? No. Or, or just or just later, or even not at all, because honestly, this is at like the bottom of my priorities right now, and knee smashing is at the very tippy top. No, you have to let me in. You, you have to understand, Diggle is not the murderer. What now? All right, fine. Diggle, your kneecaps are safe for the moment. Oh, thank God. Chat. <laughs> Cherish them. And he opens the door. All right, Josephine, what what on earth are you saying? You should be, you should be pleased as proverbial punch that Marcus's murder has been solved. And I would be, but you know as well as I do that there was more to Madagascar than what we have let those detectives know. I suppose, but look, we're not supposed to talk about it. Rexenord kept pistol whipping us. Yes, and Reginald is not here, and I don't have a pistol Otherwise, I would be able to defend myself against the clam of death. Look, the clam of death isn't real. It's a myth. Diggle let us down into his weird little hidey hole, and it wasn't there. He's—he's he's been making this up. He's—he's he's pulled you in. He's—he's he's pulled the wool over your eyes, or the clams. I don't know. It's true, I say. It's true. Look, look at the scrolls. Look at the scrolls on my desk. Why did you? What? What the hell were you doing on this cruise ship? Look, Diggle, he had worked with my husband. He knew just how Marcus's empire was built, with the clam of death taking out the competition. Do you mean to say that your husband's business empire was built on a backless bivalve with murderous tendencies? Yes, he took out all the competition. How do you think he made all that money? It was the pearls. So who killed him? I believe that the clam of death is now out for revenge. Wait, like a real sentient clam. That's what we're, just so we're all on the same page here. There's a dangerous clam and it's loose on the cruise. Elias, I need you. Next to the scrolls, there are some photographs. These photographs will have all the proof you need. The clam of death is very real. I oh, should have known it was Rexenold. Why are you... I haven't even smashed your kneecaps. Why are you talking like I've mortally wounded you? I've defended my honors too much. I'm afraid <laughs> I may be fatally wounded. That is disappointing and confusing. But fine, so Elias moves over to the desk and he, he sees some scrolls with weird... Um, like Lovecraftian writing on them and and diagrams of clams. <laughs> and next to them are uh, are daguerreotypes and um, and maybe some Polaroid photos. I really don't know about this world we've built, <laughs> but it's actually just pictures of of Diggle um, on various places that the cruise like the, where the cruise stops are. And he's like posing and he's wearing like a a lei. He's at a luau. <laughs> I, I really. <laughs> I really don't see how these this second set of things is pertinent. No, no, look. There, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that... That's a very large clam. Yes, it's it's very confusing as to how you've missed it before. But in the background well, of all I, of these I mean, photos, he, you can see it clearly. 
uh, I really, I, I was appreciating, like, you know, the natural beauty that we captured. Who took these photographs? They're very good. Don't you see, Elias? The truth has always been hiding in plain sight. Uh, on who took the photos? <laughs> the clam. <laughs> Wait, and the, how could the clam take the photos if the clam is in the photos? Dude, you're not making any sense at all. The clam has magical evil powers beyond any comprehension we can possibly have. Clearly. <laughs> all right. All right, fine. I, I suppose this is enough evidence that I will undo your irons and not smash your kneecaps at this moment. Although, take heed, Eisenhower, Diggle Buckner. We are still not cool. And given the opportunity... I would duel you again. But for the moment, I suppose we must join forces and figure out what the fuck all this is. And he undoes uh, Diggle's manacles. And so Diggle turns to him and says, I never thought I'd die fighting side by side with a Worthen Hammer. Well, maybe you'll fight side by side with a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Rexenold and Poncho are on their way to the sandwich bar when Rexenold pulls out his trusty pistol and whacks Poncho upside the head with it. Oh, what the fuck? All right, man. Tell me what you and Josephine have been talking about. Out with it, now. What? What? We were listening- Lest it get the rod a second time. No, we were listening to Jewel. There's nothing else. It's just all, all Jewel. Hand me the LP. Here, here you go. Rexenold takes out the record and sniffs it deeply. This record has not been played since two days ago. You should do that with smell. My nose knows. <laughs> Fine. Clearly, we have a past. Josephine and I. And it, it just a lot, it just a lot came up, and we just needed to talk some things out, you know? And I think we're good now. I think we're good now. We, we, you know, we, we just talk things out. Sometimes you gotta kind of revisit the past a little bit, and hindsight's twenty twenty, man. We just talked it out. Now, Poncho, I understand you're not being completely forthcoming with me. I know that because you and Josephine's prior relationship is not a secret to me. You understand, I had a private investigator follow you around and do some digging on you before I decided to take you on as my ward, and thus, I know more about your life than you perhaps know about your own. So, the fact that you and Josephine have a prior connection is not news to me. What is news to me is that up to that point you had been extremely cold to Miss Josephine, but after your brief time, alone, together, you were extremely, uh, what is the word, defensive? Very defensive in prompting her about the scent of that perfume, that clam perfume, that clam perfume that I smelled earlier today, being told that that was associated with the murder. Therefore, dear Poncho, I do not feel as if you're being completely forthcoming about all the information. So, as previously promised, Rexenold pistol whips Poncho one more time, and then hands him a Tootsie Roll. Now. I'm going to give you one more opportunity to explain yourself, or else you're going to have to find your own way back to the mainland and how to pay your student loans. Okay. All right. All right. You got me. You got me. That perfume. I made that perfume for Josephine because I thought she was really pretty and 
it seemed like she was flirting with me, so I flirted back. So like, you know, I, I worked at a clam factory. All I had to make perfume out of was clam juice. No, I mean, get it when you can get it. I understand. Right, and you know, and they do say that it is a, you know, a, an aphrodisiac. I did not know that, but good to know. So I just figured that that would kind of send the message clearly, but... Um, that kind of turned into her asking me to come over to do these weird, like, ritual things. And I didn't really know what they were. All I knew I was naked a lot. And there was a knife that I also made for her, but that's because she asked me to make her the knife. Ah, yes, the Etruscan voodoo ceremony. Yes, yes, sounds familiar. I wasn't born yesterday, you understand. Right, so I, I guess then if you know about that, then you might know what that voodoo ritual does. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> I only know the name. I only did the vocabulary part of that particular course. Well, we may or may not have unleashed a, uh, a gigantic clam. It wouldn't be a death clam, would it? It might be a, a, a death clam. Oh, yes. for the love of God. Rexenold sits down, cross-legged on the floor, and hangs down his head. I now found myself at a crossroads, where I either have to embrace an old wives' tale about a clam that I never thought existed, spoken of in occult lore, or I must remain in the dark forever. Such is the plight of Bongo. Should, should I be writing this down? Yes, you should, actually. This is actually for the book. <laughs> Pancho scrambles to find a piece of paper and a pencil and sits down to write Bongo's thoughts. All right. Now, what I need you to do, Pancho, do you have a quarter? No, but I have Capital One. Poncho, I need you to go find a quarter. Go find a quarter right now. Actually, no, never mind. For the sake of the narrative, I have decided that I have a quarter in my pocket. <laughs> Rexenold flips a coin. He looks at it three times and he sighs. Well, it looks like I must believe in the legend of the Death Clan. Now, Poncho, tell me everything you know about this clan. How do we get it to make itself known? Pancho suddenly remembers the uh, the cherry tootsie roll pop in his mouth and pulls it out slowly. Looks at it. I know. Well, yes, I know you know, but I was asking, I was asking for proper nouns and verbs and maybe a few adjectives okay, in there. Well, that would have been nice. If this was nope, primetime nope, television, cast. yes, exactly. If this was primetime <laughs> television, I say, I know, cut. <laughs> Cut to an amazing Stouffer's commercial. Some really delicious-looking <laughs> mac and cheese. We've had a lot of fun here on the murder cruise, but now I need to talk to you about Kraft macaroni and cheese. It's really cheesy. I like how everyone just knows about the death clam. Like it's an old wives' tale. Like what? Can I get a white dice? Because I told the truth. And you totally fucking flipped on your friend already. <laughs> <laughs> you have no moral integrity whatsoever. Addie gets a white die because you don't lie to your friends. Especially after they pistol whip you repeatedly. We've had a lot of fun here on the murder cruise, but I'm going to slip out of character for a second to talk about why pistol whipping your friends is wrong. <laughs> hey kids, concussions are an everyday problem that <laughs> many of us face today. Remember, waterboard your friends instead. It causes no lasting physical damage. Just the mental. The more you know. <laughs> All right. So we've got we've got the Josephine Diggle and Elias 
somehow going to to teaming up against the clam. I have no fucking idea how. Well, and Poncho uh, had we, the idea of how to draw the clam out. So we're gonna fade immediately back into the No, 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 no. Like we could fade to the scene of them calling the clam out. Okay. Oh, Poncho, you you gathered us all here. What what what's the meaning of this? Tootsie roll pops. They're a lovely treat for everyone involved, but I really don't see what a hero there has to do with a murderous clam. Everyone knows that clams hate Tootsie Roll Pops. They hate them so much, it's like slugs, you know, like when you pour salt on slugs. All we gotta do, Josephine, yes. we're gonna stick you in the zombie room, because don't forget, this is a monster cruise ship horror cruise ship yes how could how could we have overlooked this for the last 20 scenes i've been asking the same question to myself <laughs> honestly that's why we're all here we wanted to take in <laughs> the, the the fun of a haunted house with uh, also the combination of the high seas we all know this well the situation is macabre enough i suppose so we're gonna stick her in the zombie room because that's also the escape room so it's perfect it's a small room with your perfume that i made you we're gonna stick you in there, that's gonna draw the clam in, and we're all gonna hide in different parts of the room, and when the clam opens its mouth, we're all gonna throw Tootsie Roll Pops in its mouth, and that's gonna kill the clam! It's brilliant! That's four years of art school degree that was talking just now. You know, I was going to say... But I believe that our boy Poncho is onto something. Yes, Poncho, I trust your... your knowledge of the anatomy of clams after working in the factory. I... I think this plan is just crazy enough to work. Diggle, you said you've used it before. Aye. In that place that I'm not supposed to say now that Rexenold is back in the room. Rexenold reflexively grabs his revolver. <laughs> I think the plan is just crazy enough to work. But we have to be careful. Its mouth will only be shut by the Tootsie Rolls for so long. That tracks. So what are we supposed to do to actually, I don't know, subdue it? Also, does anyone know how big this thing is supposed to get? I mean, based on uh, Diggle's vacation photographs, which were lovely, it was the size of a large pig. Honestly, that's not as terrifyingly <laughs> large as I was expecting, so that's... No, she's wrong. It's bigger. It's much bigger. <laughs> the photographs have really bad forced perspective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a bother to hear. <laughs> oh, no tap. Yes, it is. Although the clam is evil and can take photographs, it can't do it well. <laughs> it's one weakness. <laughs> Poor photography. And bullets. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Tootsie so, <laughs> so we're distracting it with lollipops and then we're going to shoot it. Just, just, so we're all, just so I got everything. Aha, my Chekhov's gun finally comes into play. <laughs> good for more than just hitting your friends. I'm so glad I snuck this through the security checkpoint. Oh, Gunny, you come in handy again. <laughs> yes, truly, if everyone had guns, they'd be able to defend themselves. Hello, I know we've had a lot of fun here on this episode of Rolling Misadventures. Remember, the Second Amendment was passed to protect colonists from roving violent clams. Josephine, here. Take this clam whistle. If the clam gets too close oh, to- Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Trigger happy with the props. <laughs> As always, 
<laughs> is there any more clam memorabilia just as long as we're all getting it all out? What else do you have it's in that Mary Poppins? Just so we have everything for the merchandising tie-ins. Now, surely, yeah. surely this pearl necklace that my late husband gave me will have no significance to the story. I've got a clam tattoo. Does anyone care about that? I've got this novelty stuffed clam when we stopped in Jamaica. <laughs> also, I just wanted to do a quick thing to make sure that this plan goes off without a hitch. Yes, everyone set their watches at the same time because we all also have watches. Yes, well, that also, but also this. And Rexanold. I'm on my watch. Rexanold pulls out a Hello, My Name Is sticker and writes Marcus in Sharpie on it and sticks it on Josephine's forehead. Yep, I don't know if you were around for that. A bit of expository information, but yes, that makes sense. Poncho told me everything. Okay. It was after when it was after the part where he put the sucker in his mouth. You remember? (laughs) Right. When we cut to the commercial about Stouffer's, yes. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) This proves the equations. Did you know he's an Aries? (laughs) (laughs) I think that means the clam's coming for Josephine. That's yeah. right, Josephine. <laughs> I did tell him everything. I told him everything, <laughs> including the, the weakness for the Marcuses. Honestly, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it all. Uh, Elias doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Elias <laughs> is just going with the flow now. Basically, Elias is just along for the ride. Elias has just gone full Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> and, D- and Diggle's just pulling clams out of his... Diggle's just pulling clam shit. He's like fucking Gallagher. <laughs> Look, my special clam trousers. So we have one black and one white die, so we should probably figure out how those play out between you guys. So we'll go ahead and hand those off and take a quick intermission to figure out how this story is going to wrap up. I only want clam dice. (laughs) Clam (laughs) dice. Hey guys, it's your host, Derek, with a quick intermission. First up, thank you to everybody that has been checking out the show, and hopefully you're enjoying it. I know that we are having a blast doing it, and we continue to. Also, a very special thank you to Ben, Kate, and Sarah for helping support us on Patreon to offset some of our hosting costs and website, things like that. If you would like to get a special shout out, make sure to visit patreon.com slash rolling misadventures where you too can get on this list of awesome people for as little as a dollar a month. If you chip in a few more bucks a month, you can get things like exclusive content like us playing Jackbox games with a bunch of folks from NoCo FM or Cards Against Humanity or just some behind the scenes stuff that is exclusive to the Patreon. Again, that is patreon.com slash rolling misadventures. And one more thing before I get out of here, just a reminder that we are doing a live episode for Livestream for the Cure on May 19th at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 Eastern. That would be 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We're going to have a whole lot of fun doing it, and honestly, we're terrified. So we would love to see you guys in there to help support a great cause and to just hang out and keep us company while we do this crazy stuff live. We're going to listen to a quick promo for that and get right back to our story. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. And we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. 
The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. And we are back. We have rolled our aftermaths. Josephine Primrose got a black two, which is brutal. Major Eisenhower Diggle Buckner got a white six, which is weak. Elias G. Worthenhammer got a black 10. Uh, pretty good. Rex and old Bongo McMasterson got a black eight. Nothing to write home about. And Pancho Contreras got dr- a white one of dreadful. So we just smash cut to Josephine Primrose in the zombie room, standing next to her dead husband with the name tag slapped to her forehead that says Marcus on it. She's fiddling and just standing there waiting, kind of shaking, scared. We hear a scraping sound. So Josephine really quickly turns around to see this giant clam standing in the corner of the room. And as her hands trembling, she lifts, she lifts up the clam whistle and blows into it, but no sound comes out. Gosh, it sure is taking a while for her to alert us. Oh, no, no. We'll either hear the whistle or the screams of the clam from the whistle. What? Now- Diggle, I'm, I'm beginning to think you're insane. Yeah, you've really got a little bit of a Matt Damon in the informant thing going on right now. How did you end up in charge of a boat? I, I told you before, it was my lust for horror-themed carnival cruises. Doesn't seem like it should be enough, but okay. Do you want to know the real reason? Wait. Yeah, I mean, I. I do. would love, I personally would love to know the real reason. I'm but- mentally unstable. No shit. And you guys just hear this huge clattering and screaming coming from the room. Oh no, the clam has claimed her. <laughs> It was before she even had a chance to scream. Reginald grabs Poncho and hurls him toward the clam. Run! Oh, shit! Run, everyone, run! I never should have answered that Craigslist ad! And Poncho dies. That's a big fucking clam! No shit! Who has the Tootsie Rolls? I, I do! Who's got the gun? Oh, that's me. Hello, Gunny. It's time for you to work your magic. All right, Death Clam, how many licks does it take to get to the center of these? And he just throws all the tits you <laughs> Are you going to need my gun? No, no, you're going to shoot the gun. No oh, shit. All right, well, I haven't actually <laughs> shot this thing in like five years. Let's see how this goes. Rexenold empties six, all six bullets in the revolver chamber into the clam. It, it seems like it's working. What, you mean six bullets might be working? (laughs) Yes, together, we did it. After two people died. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can't make an omelette without breaking some chicken. This uh, this was a a horrible mess, wasn't it? Diggle walks over to the corpse of 
the clam of death and caresses it softly. Good night, sweet prince. Rexenold pistol whips the corpse. I'm probably going to prison because I don't think anyone's going to believe this. I think you would be going to prison no matter what. And he gives Rexenold a knowing wink. Rexenold leaves the room knowing that Poncho is holding all of the notes to the case so far, knowing full well that his early term dementia was going to eradicate all memories of what just took place. He was going to have to cobble together all of the book from shoddy memory. Elias decided that he was the captain of the boat now, and took everybody on a dope haunted cruise. Rexenold desperately tries to find literally anyone else on this goddamn ship. Spans out the ship was entirely in the snow globe. They were never on a ship. They were in a haunted house shaped like a ship. We did it, guys. That's a psychedelic journey. As we all uh, take some time to recover from that. Hey, Jared, where can people listen to you online? You can listen to me on SoundCloud.com slash best hyphen day. Or when you're laying alone asleep at night with your thoughts. Hot. And Megan. Don't look for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess if you have to, you can do it at odoliklass.com or wherever you get your podcasts for spark notes, but with with cursing and weens. (laughs) And Corbin and Addie. Uh, you can find me at Corbin vs. The World. That is my podcast that I run on NOCO FM. You can find it at NOCO FM, N-O-C-O dot F-M on our podcast tab. You can also find it wherever you get your podcasts at the podcast store. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Corbin vs. The World. Um, and you will not be seeing my name in the credits of Creed 2. <laughs> <laughs> but you could... <laughs> But you could see me on Instagram at Chicken Scratch. That's C H I K I N Scratch at Instagram handle.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can also at Instagram. Ne- <laughs> and you will also never find me in another podcast because I clearly should not do these. <laughs> That's why I'm behind the scenes. (laughs) And links to all of that will be in the show notes. And, of course, at our guest section of rollingmisadventures.com. Guys, let's get the hell out of here. (laughs) Let us never speak of this again. I will speak of it until the end of time. Shit, what is it called? The clam, the, what is it called? Clam magnet. The clam mag, no, 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 what is it? The, the clam of death. The clam of death. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Let's There's go back. There's just so many clams. Let's go back. Let's go back. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs>